You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Alex Barr from Currency Cloud. And today I'm joined by Anton Aragouge, CEO of TulipShare. Hey, Alex. Hey, great to have you on with me today, Anton. For our listeners, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about TulipShare? Yeah, sure. So I'm Antoine. I'm the founder and CEO of TulipShare. TulipShare is the first activist investment platform. We're the first broker dealer that utilizes shareholder rights to drive change in the companies our users are investing in. So, yeah. Amazing. So, I mean, TulipShare, I think a few people know, is not your first venture. What's your, what was your background before TulipShare? I think that's quite an interesting segue. So I've worked in uh, product building all my life. So 10 years of uh, product management experience, working uh, seven years in the dating space, building a high growth community uh, of people that want to meet each other, work for the biggest player in the space, started my own dating app for the over 50, got 1.8 million users, exited the company and then uh, started TulipShare. Okay, so I'm going to have to ask, I want to know, what, what's, what's the synergy here between over 50s dating applications and TulipShare? Well, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting jump. It is, it is indeed. But ultimately, there is a, there is a line, you know, in, in all my career and in all my product building. It's really about changing people's life. And uh, TulipShare is really a product out there that, uh, that has a direct impact on people's life by changing corporates and, uh, and, and the same for the, the dating space where you're really, there's nothing more uh, changing in people's life than, uh, you know, helping them find love or change partner. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. So as an, as an activist investor platform, as, as you, as you, as you call it for a user, what's the, the main value that, that they get for, for me, I would say it would be the coming to back to really what a shareholder is, right? Voting with your money. Ultimately, it's really about having your voice heard. And in today's investment space and wealth space, if you look at, uh, if you ask all your friends who have stocks in Tesla or Amazon or Apple, how many have ever voted on a shareholder proposal, the answer is going to be close to zero. So we really wanted to change that and come back to the foundation of what is being a shareholder means. And it's ultimately having a say in the way a business is run. And today, people feel less and less connected to, uh, to the, 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 the corporate and the, and the strategy uh, of the companies they're, they're often involved in. And we want to change that. So when you buy a stock on TulipShare platform, you know what the company is going to push. You know what the agenda of the campaign is going to be. We have three campaigns live at the moment. One about reducing plastic pollution at Coca-Cola. Another one about improving workers' rights at Amazon. And another one about changing the right to repair policy at Apple. All of those have a direct impact in, in our life and can be changed through shareholders and corporate governance activism. So your users have the ability to promote ethical change in boardrooms, I think is in a sentence, right? Exactly, exactly. It's all about ESG, sustainability, environment, but also human rights, labor laws, everything that keeps the planet fair and sustainable is really campaigns that we want to push and promote. It's a bottom-up strategy that we're applying. We open campaign creation tools so users can submit campaign suggestions and IDs, and we're really getting a lot of those. The goal for us is to is to launch continuously launch new campaigns, to raise the advocacy around shareholder activism, but also get quickly get success. Most of the people don't know uh, that you, you, know, you can drive change by passing on a shareholder proposal and, and put an item on a company agenda. 
So it's really for us about utilizing a playbook that's been accessible for uh, hedge funds and institutions for years and giving it accessible to the retail investors. You briefly touched on hedge funds there, and I'm drawing a, a rather, I suppose, convoluted synergy towards some recent events in the press of GameStop and, and, and how there's some collective power with people, if, if, you, if you get where I'm going. Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, we created the company in September 2020. And six months later, in January 2021, you have the GameStop and Reddit saga happening. You know, it's very lucky for us. It did show that there was an opportunity for retail shareholders globally to unify with a common goal. And it's really what we want to harness here at Tulip Share. Obviously, GameStop Reddit was a little bit of a, of a fuck you to the hedge funds. But in reality, and sorry for my language, but in reality, um, what we wanted to uh, is, is utilize the same, um, the same mechanism and, and try to aggregate people globally around something that can have an impact on their life. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think it's great. You touched on a couple of your campaigns there um, that you've got. You mentioned three of them. I'd love to know. I'd love to know how you how you chose them. Actually, what, what how that how those three were the ones that you you started on. Yeah, so we had to start somewhere. So ultimately, we really wanted to have a wide range of uh, of available campaigns so that we could try and test. You know, we need to. We didn't know what was going to pick up. There was no playbook for us to copy. We had some insight from NGO and charity space. We had some insight from the previous proxy season in terms of ESG voting by institutions. But ultimately, what is going to drive shareholders globally and retail people, so the everyday investors, to just vote with their money? Well, no one had the answer to that. So was it going to be, you know, anti-competition issue? Is it going to be child labor? Is it going to be pollution and, and, and envi environmental and sustainability issue? So it's really for us about trying to set up the, the ground rules and see what picks up. So far, well, we're going to open 12 new campaigns and we know, uh, we know where we're going to go. So it's, very, uh, it's, it's a very exciting 2021, 2022 uh, season that's coming for us. That's really exciting. Do you think that... I think you talk about these these different campaigns here with with that naturally different core values to them. Do you think because of that you're attracting a different audience to your platform as opposed to maybe some of the more I don't want to say similar incumbents, but but other fintech applications. You know, everyone says there is a retail investment boom, but if you look at it from a, a, a European or even a, an American perspective, I mean, I don't know, go outside and ask people in the bar or at the restaurant at the table next to you if they directly own any stocks. And you'll find out that nine out of 10 do not own any stock directly, some through their pensions, some through their investment uh, vehicles, through their banks. But ultimately, direct shareholders in a company are still very low. What's going to convince those people to have a foot in the door in the financial system? I don't believe it's the commission-free brokerage. I don't believe it's the derivative and option trading. I don't believe it's going to be the crypto space. I think it's through value-driven investment. And, and that's what we want to promote here. It's really about creating a community of like-minded investors that is value-driven, and, you know, ask someone if they would buy Nike stocks uh, for X or, uh, or Y reason. But ultimately, once you link this to their value, they'll be very much interested into becoming a shareholder. So really, the, the, the mission is simply not making money. Of course, that's a lovely byproduct. But really, it's about the impact and the power that investment makes. I mean, this is not a donations, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we are a broker, uh, we're a broker dealer. So ultimately, people come onto the platform and they make an investment, they use an investment product to actually uh, drive change. And it's about having the direct, the most direct access to the bottom and the company agenda. And there's nothing more direct than becoming a shareholder and owning a little piece of a company. 
to have a say in the way it's run. So, you know, this is not a boycotting or a, or a consumer activism platform. It's really about telling people, we've engineered a way for you to vote with your money. It has never been done, and it has never been accessible to the retail shareholders globally, whether you live in Stockholm, Madrid, Los Angeles, or London. You know, we all have the same issues, and it can be changed through corporate governance and shareholder activism. It's really interesting that the, the, the empowerment then that Tulip Share provide for, for each user. I'm keen to touch on um, or to, to understand how this, how the activist community or just the general community have responded to, to Tulip Share. <laughs> well, you have two uh, type of activists out there today. You have the um, institutional activists, which are the traditional hedge funds, which have reached out to us already in order to understand what is exactly our value proposition and how could we work together. Mm. We're not interested really into working with them because they had access to corporate governance for years. You know, TulipShare did not invent corporate governance. We're just yeah. utilizing the tools that other institutions have been utilizing for years or high net worth individual and making it accessible to the retail people. So those type of activists, which are traditional institutional financial activists, most of the time use corporate governance for their own gains, whereas we want to use this for, you know, the greater good and, and drive change in the, way, uh, in the way the business are run. The other type of activists are exactly the type of users we are seeing coming onto TulipShare, which are people with values who are most likely involved already in their life, you know, picking up plastic pollution on beaches in the UK on the Saturdays and Sunday. This is someone who can understand, wait, I've been doing this for years and for the first time, if I you know, if I invest a little of my money on this platform, I might have, you know, a change in the, in the way the biggest plastic polluters might, might change their plastic policy. So it's really about diversifying your, uh, your, uh, your options to drive an impact. So we're seeing great response. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to engage with us in a way uh, because, because it's, it's new. It has never been uh, made accessible which I think is also part of the, of the, the, you know, the biggest challenges we had so far, which is, you know, trying to, well, trying to deconstruct the, the current structure around corporate governance. Why is it so opaque? Why is it so centralized? Why is no one voting today? And why did we let only institutions to vote on our behalf today? You know, all of this is something that we need to, uh, to explain to people and educate. It's very hard for someone to understand that by just investing a, a small amount well, accumulated, that might actually lead to a, to, to a change and very fast. I think that's an, an interesting topic to, to then to, to jump onto then on that. Um, I think for the listeners to understand a little bit more about how the user voting rights work. Very simply, what we do is uh, we utilize the corporate governance playbook. So through shareholder resolution, once you meet the minimum thresholds in the company you're investing in, you're able to submit a shareholder proposal, you're able to engage with the company, even before that, you're able to engage with the company to try to negotiate whatever you want. I mean, as soon as you have one share, you can write to Apple and ask them for, a, for an opinion on, on, on an issue you want to raise. As soon as you meet the, the thresholds, uh, the minimum thresholds, you're able to submit a shareholder proposal that's being voted on by all other shareholders. This instantly puts a subject not only on the radar of the company, but to everyone who collectively owns the company. So it's a very, very powerful tool and it's being used, I mean, for corporate governance for years by, uh, by other activist investors or, or, by, uh, or by just everyday, everyday investors. What we want now is, is obviously to, to utilize this playbook at, at, at its full potential to drive the change. It's, it's really about saying to corporate, for the first time, you'll have a group of shareholders that will support change that goes along this direction 
whatever happens to the share price on the short term, because in the end, we believe ESG is economics on the medium and long term, and it's the rising tides that raise all boats. We should really, we will support you. You know, for far too long, the, answer, the excuses has always been shareholders do not want this, shareholders do not want that. And we want to change this narrative by saying retail supports this. Yeah, it, it, makes, it makes complete sense to me. And I'm thinking about the, I'm sure that you've been approached by a series of, of non-profits as well. You spoke about the institutional side and the individuals, but I assume there's lots of non-profit organizations that have been, been reaching out as well, given the way that the voting rights work. It's absolutely, absolutely. If someone out there as an audience that, uh, that matches with one of our campaign, you know, we're, 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 we're opening our, our, our full spectrum of, uh, of activism to them. In a way, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there today in the UK that want to improve workers' rights, that want to change uh, plastic policy in the biggest uh, plastic uh, polluters, that wants to uh, change right to repair because they're tired of having to lose their warranty when they're changing their, their screens on their phone. So all of that, you know, there is already audiences and we're just trying to get to them and they're trying to get to us at some way because it's, a, it's not a petition platform, as I said, it's not a boycotting consumer platform. It's really about saying, I'm owning a little piece of a company and I'm going to try to change it from within. And ultimately, it takes money to change money. We really believe that, you know, you, we found a, a tool that is, uh, is going to be utilized, you know, to, <laughs> to drive change massively. So it's down to us now to, to show, uh, to show how, uh, how, how we're doing and, and keep updating our user base on the progress of the campaigns. Because it's never, um, it's, it's not a one shot, you know, it's a long lasting journey, uh, obviously, the, both with the proxy season, the engagement with the companies, writing with the investors relations, trying to build this relationship. Because ultimately, it's, um, it's a negotiations. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's good business practice to engage with the company. We're not against them. We're saying to them, we're buying a piece of your, your, you know, of your company to support it uh, and, and to support the change. Yeah. I, I, and you, you, mentioned, you mentioned the word journey here as well, which I think is, is interesting. And you've had an exciting one so far, right? With uh, I'm sure lots of our listeners have seen in the press the, the pre-seed round that you have and the notable investors that you have already. I, I'd, I'd love to know, well, the question is twofold for me, really, is I'd love to know what you're excited about for your upcoming campaigns and that journey. And really what then more broadly, what 2022 and beyond holds for you? Well, for us, it's really about putting our model globally. So we do have a huge regulatory roadmap in front of us. Um, you know, as I said, changing Coca-Cola plastic policy or uh, improving Amazon workers' condition is a subject that speaks to people in Berlin, Madrid, Toronto, and Los Angeles. It's a subject for all of us. Mm. And we should all take a look onto what's going on there. The reality is that we need license to be broker dealer in all those countries. And that's a huge, you know, that's a huge, not moat, but uh, that's a huge, um, it's a huge roadmap for us. And, uh, and that's what's going to happen for us in 2022. It's really expanding our regulatory so that we're moving out of the UK and, and expanding our product and making it accessible elsewhere. We're looking at Europe, we're looking at North America because it makes complete sense for us. And then we'll, we'll be looking further down the line at the rest of the world because it makes complete sense for us to unify shareholders globally. So that's, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the most exciting part of the journey is really to, to try to say to people, you know, just wait a little, we're coming and you'll be able to vote with your money through a platform like ours. Do you think that's the biggest challenge that you've faced so far, this, you know, this regulatory journey that, you're, that you inevitably need to, to go on to access the global market? 
I mean, in fintech in general, the regulatory environment is just, uh, it's just there, you know, you have to deal with it. You have to be uh, compliant. You have to be, uh, you have to be careful. You have to, to always be uh, treating customers fairly. Uh, so that makes complete sense. Uh, that makes complete sense that it's something that is, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a real challenge. It's an everyday challenge for a startup and for a fast moving company. The other, I would say is, um, you know, it's, it's this proof of credibility. Basically, we're a new, we're a new financial service where, you know, you have to take people money and every time, you know, you get the, uh, first of all, you need to convince people that they can trust you with their money. That's why we're using a service like Currency Cloud. That's why we're using existing provider in the space that are, that are well known. But ultimately, you need to convince people and that they can trust you with their money, but also that you can deliver on your mission. Your mission is actually to deliver impact through shareholder activism. So for me, one of the biggest challenges is what's going to happen for us in the next proxy season and the upcomings in 2022-2023 proxy season, when we'll have multiple campaigns engage, being voted on by many shareholders globally, and, and, and we can see the power of the, the retail shareholders. And you, you talk about your next your next projects in, in 2022. What can we what can we expect to see? Are you able to share that? No, <laughs> no but like you know, wealth platform is a very very competitive space, and I'm sure your podcast is not only listened uh, but uh, well uh, analyzed by people in the space. So I want to make sure that I'm careful here with what I'm saying. Obviously, we have a huge. Um, what we've said publicly is that we are aiming to expand our our licenses uh, in, uh, in 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 various geos, and uh, and obviously, uh, yeah, work on more and more campaigns uh, to try to to deliver change. Well, personally, I'm very excited to see what the next uh, the next campaigns are. I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of of Tulip Share. Uh, and on and on that note, Anton, it's been great speaking with you today. For those who want to find out more about Tulip Share, what's the best way for people to get in touch? Well, they can go on tulipshare.com or download the Android app. Have a look at what we're doing, how it works. Um, everything is explained there. We're producing more and more content every day with our uh, fantastic marketing team. So yeah, just they can just check the website or the app and have a look at, at how it works. All the campaigns are accessible, uh, so they can they can even, you know, you you can take a look and and, and judge by yourself. Great, Anton. Thanks again for joining and uh, sharing some information about you and Tulip Share and your and your future plans. Look forward to having you on again soon. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.